Hey, you're back for more. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Hallelujah. Do you know, um, are there the pastors of, are there some visiting pastors here tonight? <laughs> you know, I, I just, I've just been thinking today and, and uh, you know, I love pastors because I'm one. And um, uh, I, just, I just love them because the, you don't get to stay as a pastor for long unless you've got something going for you in God because the devil will come and eat you up. You know, tonight we're going to look at the fact that we need, we, we actually owe it to the world to have an encounter with God. We owe it to the world because what else have you got? Like I was on the mission field for 10 years in the Sepik area of Papua New Guinea. We used to call it the Septic. And um, do you know, I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. All I knew was that Jesus was my Savior and I knew the Word. And I, I um, yeah, I taught what I knew. But you know what? The, the devil had us for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And we just had no power, it seemed, to be able to do what I was reading in the Word and it made me very frustrated. It even made me angry that, look, here it is in the book, and we're not even close to this. And for 10 years, we struggled with dem demonic activity over which we had no authority. And that's when I thought, well, pfft, it doesn't work. And you know what? If it's not working, get rid of it. And, uh, and that's when... Uh, long story short, came to New Zealand and um, was down in Christchurch minding my own business. And supernaturally, in a wonderful way, Holy Ghost just dropped in. And uh, I've never been the same since. Never want to be the same. But it's about an encounter with God. And we owe it to the world. It is our debt to the world, Christians, to have an encounter with God that empowers us to go and do the stuff that's not just for pastors and leaders and somebody that you think has got more goods than you, because they haven't, but it's for all of us. There's a freedom. There's a freedom. You know, when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had to, I had to sit on my hands in church because I was in this little church. Oh, my God. I'm just sitting down on my hands so that I didn't raise my hands because you weren't allowed to. But you know what? Here, if you've had an encounter with God, stuff happens. Stuff happens. And, and what, what began to happen is that, that, uh, that one day oh, we, were, we were there and we were just singing one of those great old hymns. You know, I can't even remember what it was, but one of those great old hymns out of a big thick hymn book with my hat on. Our church found they were good to use as frisbees when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and as I, as I um, was singing this hymn, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. And I just raised both hands. Whoosh. Well, people just left the church. They just ran out. People moved away from me. It was like I had leprosy. But I tell you what, one by one, the church began to want the fullness of the Holy Ghost began to want the fullness of the Holy Ghost and, and began to sneak down to my place at 2 o'clock in the morning so nobody saw them coming. 
These were the elders. They t- they'd sneak down to my place and, w- and with my husband and myself and they'd, they'd, w- they'd say, what, can we have prayer? Can we have prayer for this? I'd go, oh, I don't know. You might get it. <laughs> you might get it. You might get changed. And God came in and totally decked our church. It was a process and it took a series and there was a lot of grief and a lot of hassles. You, yeah, you don't even need to know about them. But, but the Holy Ghost just came and, and bit by bit he did what he said he would do. And, and the power of God just hit the church and we went out in force into missions. In fact, I think for quite a long season we just became a mission sending place and I don't even know if we were a local church or not. Really. And we came to New Zealand and we combed New Zealand. Looking for a pastor. Yes. Because we'd heard that among the brethren in New Zealand, there had been a move of God. So we thought, all righty, let's go. So we sent some of our men over to New Zealand to come and find a pastor. And they came back and they said, no one's interested. And I went to Clark Taylor in Brisbane and I told him what happened. And I asked if he would like us to become one of his churches. And he nearly fell off the chair laughing. He said, Brethren Church, and you're looking after it? Oh, I don't think so. And, and, but he, he helped me. He showed me the ways of the Spirit. Uh, but, but, you know, there was a prophetic word that kept coming forth through the church, and I didn't, we didn't even know what a prophetic word was. When somebody would get up and say, Thus saith the Lord, we'd go, Why well, would you know? <laughs> like, if it's not in the book, we're not taking it because. We are the last bastion of truth left. And, and, and so, you know, it was, it was like, thus saith the Lord, your leader is among you. And I'm thinking, well, thus saith Rory, I wish to God he'd stand up because we're in a mess. <laughs> See, such was our, our, our situation. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit just kept coming. And we were totally green. Seriously, we were just, we didn't have a clue. I'd never even been to a charismatic church. And, and we'd been taught that speaking in tongues was of the devil. But, you know, it, when, when God has an encounter for you, he will lead you on to the end result of that, like we talked about this morning. He will take you to Timnah. He will take you to the place and the portion that has been weighed out for you. He's not going to leave you somewhere dangling. He's going to bring you all the way through. And, and so it was that I just, I'd, I'd had no training as, as a pastor. I just, oh, well, okay, I'll be caretaker. I'll be the caretaker. This was after two years of the church having nobody. I'll be the caretaker until somebody comes. That's a good thought. Because I'm a woman. And they don't do stuff. And so I was kind of trying to drive the bus from the back of the, drive the thing from the back of the bus. And, and, um, and the years rolled by, and I'm still waiting for this U-Butte pastor who was going to come and salvage us. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is increasing and doing signs and wonders, and people are getting healed, and they're bringing in the sick on stretches, and, and uh, all sorts of things are happening. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then one day I'm walking around in the auditorium uh, of our church and I'm walking backwards and forwards and talking to the Lord and I felt a tap on my shoulder. And I turned around 
and there was nobody there. And I thought, oh, wow. And I stood very still. And then I kept going, kept praying. And then I felt another tap on my shoulder. And I turned around and there's still nobody there. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, nobody's coming. <laughs> I knew exactly what he meant. Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. Like, is there anybody else up there? And, and so the Lord just birthed a place where he, he just kept on coming. He, he just kept on coming and shocked us. And um, we, we just had the sick rolling in and we didn't even know about praying for the sick. Talk about being caught unawares. We were a very Greek mindset where these things had finished and you didn't lay hands on people because how does that work? I still don't know how it works, but who cares? You know, and, and there was one time, is it okay? I've, I've got a sermon, but you've had dozens of them this weekend, haven't you? And, and there was just one time when this lady uh, who, was, who was very, very ill, and uh, she went AWOL from the Princess Alexander Hospital in Brisbane. And um, uh, she'd just been born again, and she decided she had more chance of being healed in church than what she did in the hospital. And she was very ill. And she came out of the, the PA hospital and she came and she parked herself right in the front seat of our church. And, uh, and I'm preaching on healing and saying, you know, God's the healing God. And, and I was preaching from where the, the uh, prophet Elisha was with the king and he told the king to hit the ground with the arrows. And the king only hit the ground three times. And the prophet says, you're a first-class wuss. And, and you should have kept on hitting the ground. Now you're only going to have victory three times. So I'm waxing eloquent and saying, so we are going to keep on praying for the sick. See, sounded good. Well, as I'm saying all these wonderful things, I look across at this woman on the front seat. And I'm a nurse, right? And uh, I knew she's really looking bad. And she'd actually slidden off the seats and partly onto the floor. And so much for my sermon. So, of course, I raced over to her and got some others. And we start praying like Shandi Barramundi and everything that we knew. And, and there was one guy in the church who raced out and called the ambulance. Talk about faith. He raised there, called the ambulance in the middle of our Sunday morning service, speaking on healing. The ambulance comes, sirens whirring, and parks outside our church. And I'm like, this is disgusting. This is shameful. Anyway, so we're still praying. They come rushing down the church, and, they are, and I'm still hovering over her together with many others in the church. And the ambulance man's trying to attend to her. There was two of them. And they said to me, uh, lady, why don't you do what you do and we'll do what we do? And I said to him, that's all right for you, mate, but I'm preaching on healing. It's really looking bad right now. (sighs) 
And so, you know, I found that when all else fails, when all else fails, and I'm, I'm like, there's, there's all these people kind of looking at me like, you're a goose. So much for your great preaching. Show us the signs. And, and so I'm back, and I found that when all else fails, prophesy. Yeah. Prophesy. That'll work. And I felt the Lord give me a word that today the ambulance has to come to our church and take to the hospital those whom we are not seeing healed. But the day is coming when the ambulance will come here on the way to the hospital and bring the sick here because this is where they'll get saved. Well, up gets the ambulance man. He says, that's it, love you, tell him. He's probably the only bloke in the house with any faith. (laughs) So I say that to say how raw we were and how totally inexperienced and embarrassingly humbled we were on many occasions. But we'd had an encounter. We'd had an encounter with God. And we knew it and we were changed and we couldn't go back to the old way and we didn't necessarily know the way forward but we just couldn't stay where we were. And God in his mercy and grace just kept on coming and moving. And, and we just did everything we could to enlighten ourselves. And so I, I know what it is to pastor a church and sometimes be very much in the dark. <laughs> be very much in the dark and the sheepies are all following you. <laughs> and they're bleating all the way and I'm going oh Jesus and they said pastor what do you think of this and pastor doesn't have a clue it's like oh whatever but God, there's a grace that comes there's a grace that comes there's an empowering and there's an unction and the spirit of the Lord for some reason chooses and, and assigns and establishes leaders of local churches for his own good purposes and, and you know what, church, there's, there's such a dynamic. There's such a dynamic when we follow the leader. When, when we choose to be a church in a city that's going to make a stand for God and for the Holy Spirit and for the power of the, of the cross of Jesus, there comes such a, a dynamic into the whole city. You don't know how great the churches are because if you remove the churches, the city would be totally lost and devastated. The infrastructure would literally just not be there like it is. And, and so I want to just, I just want to pray for the pastors that are here. Is that okay? I want to just, I don't, I don't pray for you as one who is in any kind of, uh, great authority in this city, but I, I pray for, for you as one who's walked the walk and, and just know that when the Spirit of the Lord gets on you, there is such a dynamic that happens that all hell can't shake it. All hell can't shake it. So, uh, so if you're a pastor here tonight, I wonder if you'd just like to come forward and, and um, I want to just pray over you. Hey! 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, these, these, are, these are such significant people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pray for them and, and bless them. But, you know, because of who they are and what they carry, I want you to honor them. I want you to just stand while we do this. Is that okay? For, for us to just stand as a mark of honor for men and women in the city who have stood the test of time and who have, uh, on your behalf, stood between you and the forces of hell that wanted to come and attack your families, and they stood. And you don't know what you've been saved from, and you don't know what you've been salvaged from, and you don't know the protection that's gone out over you because some gutsy men and women decided that, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand in this city. And so, Father, in that powerful, powerful name, of Jesus, the Christ of God, and because of his church. Lord, we, we come to you tonight as a bunch of pastors. And Lord, I pray for them. I pray for an increase of the anointing in powerful ways, that heavenly substance to come upon them, that spiritual material that comes straight from heaven that anoints them and, and, uh, and empowers them to do the work that you have called them to do. And the darkness that comes, the Lord says to you tonight, in this city, you, you, when the darkness comes, you are to run together. When the darkness comes, you are to name it. God called the darkness night. Give it a name and in naming it, you will limit it. In naming the darkness, you will limit the darkness. Shaka. Elebo stinde limo sabahase. Rista kutunda davasi. In naming the darkness, God called the darkness night. And in naming it, in naming it, He limited it in time and in power. And the light comes. There's going to be a light, a shandelimomahasi, that comes into this city, that comes into this city because some of you have paid a price in the spirit and you have humbled yourself again and again and again and you have wept before the Lord and you have met with each other and, and you, have, you have for the sake of, the church. And I see, a, I see a light. Dear Jesus, I see a light. Oh, what if, what if the Holy Spirit was looking for a landing place? What if he's looking for a landing place? And dare I say it, he might find enough weight. He might find enough strength. He might find enough commitment in this group that are before me. He might find enough strength to be able to lob here because he finds that there's a group of people who could carry the weight of his immense 
glory. What if it happened? What if? I want to tell you more than what if. More than what if. For the darkness is being repelled over this area and the light, the light is shining. It's coming brighter and brighter until it's going to burst forth into this city and you will change the economy of the city and you will change the whole government of the city and 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 those that have been in leadership in secular areas who are now not knowing which way to turn they will turn to the church and to the leaders thereof and for the first time they will come running and say can you help us for in you dwells wisdom in you dwells strength In you dwells the spirit of knowledge and understanding. And that which is in the heavenlies comes and is deposited. Shaka. So. Hey. Mashelebo. Mumbarandelebo. Sakambahasitelebiste. Inde do bobarashi limo kumbahase. Yeso sakabahasi televinde dibo shikande yes shaka yes shukumbahasa da live ninde libo kumbra yes 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 sir no more doubts says the lord no more doubts no more doubts no more doubts Jesus, Jesus, your men and women. Jesus, your people, raise them higher. Set the bar higher, Lord. Lift them up to where they've never been before. Take them to places that they've never experienced in all their days. Lift them, Lord, and show them and, and expand them, Lord. Baka, broda yande, lebo shadaba, yasaka, masetele vinde, oriande lebo sha, sadaba. Thank you, Jesus. Nadaba sikatende, elevestende, and songs. Songs from the Spirit. I've been telling you that all weekend. I hope you got it. (sighs) Hear the angels sing. Hear the angels sing. Shaka. And write the songs that raise the dead. Baha. Masse lebo. Buriande lebo shakata hati. Yesa kumbrunde libu satada bahasi rukundu namasa yekambarashti sha sukubrasi televestinde sudu brasi nimo sandala basikate sadaba sakaba I'm going to lift some stuff off your life says the Lord and I'm going to put some other stuff there because you have outgrown a bit of stuff you've outgrown a bit of stuff and cha and and you're just going to take that mantle off that Tear that thing off, tear that off, and, and there's a whole new mantle. 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 
Thank you for what you have done for the Lord. I hear the Lord saying to you tonight. Thank you for giving to the Lord. That's what he's saying. Saka how awesome is our God be encouraged be strengthened people in the church honor these ones because do you know what will keep a move of God alive is honoring what he's doing and honoring the persons through whom he's doing it and that way the whole blooming lot of stuff comes flowing towards you so just let let there be a, a a kindness and a respect and an honouring and bless them, spoil them, rotten. Shakabasi, for these are servants of the Most High God, and He delights to see them being well looked after and respected and honoured. Ah, mahasi televishtende, Hallelujah! Don't you doubt anymore? Don't you doubt? Don't you doubt. Go further, go further, go further, go further. Not, am I worthy? I don't even, I don't even really know if I should be tired. That's about that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Called, elected, chosen, equipped. Go, you good thing. Matelebo. Bashili mokumbrasi delevistinde dabahasi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, 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 well. Sakaba. Sakaba, Baba. Sakaba. Shudubasi. Thank you, Jesus. You can stay on the floor. If I'm walking around down there, I, I won't think you're a speed bump. What do you call them? Jadabars. Masatende. Hallelujah. And you know what? I haven't done all weekend. All weekend, I haven't prayed for the sick. I love to pray for the sick. And I haven't prayed for the sick. And, and so we're going to have a, uh, we're just going to have some, uh, something from the word about having an encounter with the Lord. But you know what? Um, if, if, you, if you've got, if you're a sickie or, um, or you're wanting to be sick <laughs> so you can get day off work tomorrow, you know, um, if you've got a scarf or a jacket or something like that, why don't you just come and, and just deposit it down here and somewhere through the meeting, we'll just pray over it. Is that okay? That's a bit of a strange way, but it, it could take a long time to pray over sickies. Uh, is it? There you go, mate. That's it. That's it. You know what? We're going we're gonna to activate what happened in Acts when, when people brought handkerchiefs and and aprons to Paul, and he prayed over them, and, and people actually got healed. I mean, that's, that's got to be pretty cool. So if you've, if you've got a scarf or you've got a something and you've got a sickie at home or you're sick, just come and bring them. Come and bring them. Be quick. Saka bahasi. Because I think God's just opening us up to greater levels of faith and expectations and, and, and things like that. Saka bahasi deleve. Do you know, um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, one time there was a, there was a, a baby born and uh, brought to our church. And this baby was actually born with a large cancerous lump on the, uh, in its lungs, which was pushing its heart out of shape. And uh, the parents came and brought this little baby for prayer. And uh, so we prayed for this little baby. And, and that morning, as was always the case, I was preaching on healing. <laughs> I got this thing about it. And, um, and so the Lord just spoke to me and said, just take that baby while, while you're praying. And while you're preaching, just take the baby and hold the baby. So I preached. I had a head thingy, what's it on, you know, whatever you call it. And, and, um, and so I just held the baby and preached the message. And uh, I guess 40 minutes or whatever it was. And at the end of the time, gave the baby back to the mother. They returned next week and said that the baby had been cured. I mean, that's, that's mega. That's mega. That's God. That's God. That's God. See, we owe it to the world to have an encounter with power so that we can deposit the Holy Spirit into the lives of other people. It's not about you or me. It's not about how great we are. It's not what kind of a hotshot minister you are because I could tell you all my failures, but you'd all be bored, silly. But we owe it. We owe it as Christians to have an encounter with the living God. And as leaders of the church, we owe it to the church that we're leading to have an encounter with the living God. And you can encounter God anywhere at all except in your own comfort zone. He doesn't tend to show up there. And if you want to encounter him, you need to go to the places that he frequents. We owe it to the world. Leading others into an encounter requires that we first have an encounter. And we step out of our comfort zones into places that we have never been before. Make friends with your discomfort zone in order to stretch yourself and others. In stretching your comfort zone, you run the risk of making mistakes and failures. And it's okay. It's okay. And you feel very stretched and you feel like, oh, you're in this rubber band and you're, getting, you're just getting more and more stretched. Well, it's like being in a slingshot and any minute now the Lord's going to go ping and you'll be tur turbocharged further forward. When the task is bigger than you are and you feel uncomfortable, you are being enlarged and you are being strengthened and you'll soon get comfortable in that and we need to shift the boundaries out 
Shift the boundaries out. Church, shift the boundaries out. Shift the boundaries out. Are you bored with your Christianity? Don't put your hand up. I'm not having a, 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 an appeal for bored Christians. <sighs> the Holy Spirit is here for us to encounter him. The moment we will step out of our comfort zone. The moment we will step out of our comfort zone. Lord, we want to pray. We want to pray over every garment that's been placed here. Over every garment. What, what, if, what if while we're just talking about things from the word, and it's not even healing stuff tonight, but what if the Holy Spirit just came and lobbed on your stuff? And you came and you picked it up and you put on your garment and as you put it on, you put on healing. What if? Church, these are the things that we're going to move into. We're just going to, people are going to come to us. I, I can't remember whether I told you or not, but I was just doing my shopping in the, in the supermarket. And I'm just going down one of the aisles and I'm picking up a packet of wheat bix. I mean, it's pretty simple, really. Sticking it in the trolley. And as I did, a woman came around the other end. When she saw me, she screamed and snarled at me. I'd never seen her before. But what's happening is because we're carrying stuff and the enemy and the darkness can't comprehend the light. And, and church, that's what you're carrying. Don't go apologizing for it. And, and what if, what if tonight, I'm just going to make myself a little track here to come and go. What if the Holy Spirit got on all this stuff? It's what we're going to expect. People are going to come and want to touch your garment. People are going to, because you've had an encounter with God. And what's on the inside of you is leaking out. It's leaking out. And it's just going to come change. That's what we're moving into. We have prayer lines in our church and we have lots of prayer lines and I believe in prayer lines. I love to pray for the sick. But I tell you what, we just can't possibly get around and lay hands on everybody in church. So people are going to come to you. They're going to come to you and they're going to want to, to just, can we just, can I just touch the hem of your garment? Can I just touch you? Because that's, what you got when you let him out. When you let him out. Well, just come for a quick jog with me again. Again. Through the word, position yourself for an encounter with God. Go to places that God frequents. Ask him to enlarge the place of your tent and strengthen the cords. And if you're not thirsty, it means you have settled for your comfort zone and you are in danger of stagnation. Encountering God is not a one-off event, but, but encounter builds upon encounter, builds upon encounter, builds upon encounter. And, and we're just going from glory to glory and from strength to strength and from faith to faith until the day we die. And we're going to die really empty, really empty. You know, most of the Christians, the oldies I know, 
my age. They've died long before they're dead. They died long ago. And now they're just sucking somebody else's oxygen. Shaka. Build upon encounters and, and get out of your comfort zone and have some. Well, well we're going to talk about Jacob for a little while. Is that okay? Jacob had an encounter with the living God. He wrestles with the living God. He wrestles at a place called Jabbok. We hear a lot about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We hear a lot about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Abraham represents the father to us, Father God. Isaac represents the son. And Jacob represents the dealings of the Holy Ghost within our life as he changes him from a Jacob to an Israel, as he takes him through the processes of God. (sighs) So Jacob, when he wrestled with God, he set an ambush for God. He set an ambush. Many years previously, he had encountered God at a place called Bethel. We can read about it in Genesis 28. Jacob left Beersheba because he'd had a bluey with his dad and he dudded his brother and caused a great family upheaval. And so mum comes to salvage him and she says, go over to Uncle Laban's farm. See, And on the way he has an encounter with the living God. And God is so gracious and so merciful. And listen to what happens. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. I've got a pillow like that at home. And he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to the heavens and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Oh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Ever had a dream like that? Then above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. And I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will, be, um, you will spread out to the north and to the south and to the east. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And you will watch and, and uh, sorry, with you and will watch over you. I will be with you to watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. And I will not leave you until I have done everything that I said. So he'd had a previous encounter with God. He'd had this massive dream. He'd had a dream where angels were ascending and descending. He'd had a dream where the presence of the Lord was very thick and where the Father promised him to bless him. This scoundrel Jacob, he's running away from home. He's wrecked havoc. He's stolen the birthright. He stole the blessing. He was up there, but God meets him and God blesses him. God says, I'm going to bless him. I mean, what's that? What is that? You know what I said, you little scoundrel Jacob? 
Why don't you go back and sort it out? But God just blesses him. Because God knows how to get a Jacob to become an Israel. He knows how to do that. Because, you see, he's going to Uncle Laban's farm. And Uncle Laban is a bigger scoundrel than Jacob is. Funny how God hooks you up with people that are one step ahead of you. So it's okay, that's in God's hands because Uncle Laban had a farm. Yay. Yeah, he did. And God, God speaks to him about generational blessings. How cool is that? And about the protection he's going to have and the guarantee of a future and that he was going to come back. And Jacob begins, uh, he wakes up. When he awoke from his sleep, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. You step into places where God ambushes you. Surely the Lord was in this place. And I was not, afraid, not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome. How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jacob had a prophetic dream that was to come to pass centuries later, known today as the local church. Come on, church. You were what the ancients dreamed of. You were what they longed for and they recognized it and they said, this is the house of God. This has got to be the place where God dwells on the earth and the angels have access to this place. This is awesome. And we come to church, chew and gum, and it's a bit ho-hum. And uh, yeah, well, I didn't know if I liked the sermon today. And, uh, you know, pastor didn't say hello to me today. You're in the house of God. You're in this amazing place. Where, and Jacob, he recognized where he was uh, and, and what this prophetic dream means. And he innately knows that this pillow that he slept on, this hard stone that he's going to now get oil because there's anointing in the house. He's seen it from afar, the anointing, the heavenly substance that's in the house of the Lord, and he pours out anointing oil. Shaka. Symbol of the fact that the blood has been shed because oil is never poured out before blood is shed. And here it is, Shaka Bahasi. He's in the house of God. And you know how he responds? He says, okay, God, I love this. He said, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey that I am taking and will give me food <laughs> to eat and clothes to wear, and if I return safely, there's a few conditions to this. Did he not know he's speaking to Almighty God? If you will be my celestial bellhop, And you will be my God. This stone that I have set up will be a pillar and will be God's house. And of all that I have, I'm going to tithe. There's tithing in the house. <laughs> of all that I have, I'm going to tithe. He got that from Grandpa Abram, 
who, who had previously given to Melchizedek a tenth. And no doubt Jacob had heard the story. So he thought, well, what do I do when I have an encounter with God? Oh, better pay up. Hey. Well, that had been in the past. And God had promised him at this point that he would bring him back to this land. He would bring him back to the place that he had left. And now we hop over to a whole other scripture, a couple of chapters further on. And um, somewhere, somewhere in the Bible, I've just lost my place, doesn't matter. God had said he would bring him back. And now Jacob finds himself on his way home after having had two wives. <laughs> he got dudded the first time. Remember, he got the older sister. He was after the little chicky, nice-looking little thing. And, and he wakes up and he got the other one. And uh, anyway, I don't know what was the matter with him that he didn't find that out earlier, but that's the way it was somehow. And... Uh, so it's, it, he served seven years for each of the girls. So he's been away quite a while, and now he's on his way back. And he's at the ford of Jabbok, the boundary of the land which he had left many, many years earlier. And this crossing had significance because God had said that he would bring him back to this place. So he's very conscious that this is a special day. And as we read Jacob that night, chapter 32, verse 32. That night, Jacob got up and he took his two wives and his two maidservants and his 11 sons and he crossed the ford at Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he, uh, uh, that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. Pray that prayer. Hang on to God, and if you're looking for an encounter, tell God you're going nowhere till you get blessed. Lord, I need your blessing. I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob took his families across. Jacob is actually aware that this night was a night that God had marked and God foresaw it when he gave him the dream many years before because God said, I'm going to bring you back. So Jacob's smart. Girls, remember we talked about knowing the sign of your times, your times. And so Jacob says, this is a sign of my time. This is what God talked about when he said he would bring me back. So tonight, as I cross over the Jabbok, as I cross back over into the land, I better sort out something with God. I better sort out something with God. I'm expecting an encounter. See, Jacob is as much setting up an ambush for God as God is setting up an ambush for Jacob. You can't set up an ambush for God that he does not expect. You can't. He knows the hunger of your heart. 
So he knows that God must know that this is the day that I'm arriving back, as, I, as he said I would. So this must be a night that I put aside to give God access to me. God wants access to you as much as you want access to God. Recognize the sign of your time. And he says, I'm going to pour myself out tonight before I cross over the Jabbok. I'm going to pour myself out. I'm going to empty myself before the Lord because I know that I, this, is, this is encounter time. I know that if I pour myself out and get rid of all that stuff, he's going to come and fill me. How do I know that? How do I know that? Well, I know it because the word jabbok means to be poured out, to be emptied. And if God called it that, then that's what happens there. If God called it the place of the pouring out, then when you get to that place, you're going to get poured out. Because he ambushed you as much as you thought you ambushed him and sent your family on ahead and had a night on your own. Saraba. God knows the longing of our heart. And God knew where Jacob was at and Jacob knew it. And Jacob positioned himself and made himself uncomfortable in order that he might encounter God. He got out of his own comfort zone. He owed it to his brother Esau. He owed it to his wives. He owed it to his children to have an encounter with the living God. So he's wrestling. He's wrestling. And the, and the, the man with whom he's wrestling, the angel, the Lord, with whom he's wrestling, says, let me go. It's, it's daybreak. I've got to get out of here. I turn into a pumpkin at 3.30 a.m. Amen. And he says, no way. I will not let you go. I will not let you go. Come on, church. I will not let you go, Lord. I will not let you go, Lord, until we have all of these people healed and they wear the healing cloth and they take it home and they put it on the person. Lord, who needs the healing? Lord, we will not let you go until that which you promised and until that which you said. You told us to heal the sick and you said handkerchiefs and aprons will do. We will not let you go, Lord. We have your promise and we're wanting to cross over the Jabbok into a whole new area and a whole new calling and a whole new encounter and a whole new empowering where the sick we empty the blooming hospitals out. Shaka. Sadabarande. We're at the Jabbok, people. We're at the Jabbok. And your leaders will go across. Some of them have already wrestled and they've wrestled and they've wrestled and they've wrestled on your behalf. It's not my bedroom at home, really. <laughs> I must attend Shh. I'm not going to let you go, Lord. I'm not going to let you go till the ambulance comes to our church. 
I'm not going to let you go, Lord, until through our hands we see what you said, raise the dead. Now, please don't use this as authority to crash the next funeral because you know what I'm saying. Seriously, there's a time that we go, but there's times that we ought not. And, and uh, hey, Sade Levish, didn't he? I will not let you go. I will not let you go, Lord, as long as, as there's a promise that you've given to us that we have not been able to take on board. And then Jacob, Jacob uh, the man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered, supplanter, deceiver, cheat, thief. That's my name. But he's been through the workings of the Holy Ghost. He's been to Uncle Laban's farm. He's been in a place that we've been talking about through the, week, through the weekend where he has now been made one who is going to be able to carry the excessive weight of the glory of God and nations that are alive today. Israel will be his children and he will be called Israel. Then the man said, you will no longer be Jacob. Yeehaw, Grandma, because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has done a deep and meaningful work and he has encountered the living God. And you will no longer be called Jacob but Israel because you have struggled with God and men and have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. <laughs> Hey, but he replied, why do you ask my name? Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him. Then he blessed him. So Jacob called that place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Then the sun rose over him. As he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat a tendon attached to the socket of the hip. I have no idea what that means. I'm sure there's a deep and meaningful. I just can't find it. Because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. But he, as the sun rises the next morning, here's Jacob. Listen, if you've had a touch from God, who cares if you walk with a limp? Who cares if you walk with a limp? It's a badge for you. It's a badge for you to wear. Church, hey, masa telimo sakata. Sodu brasi. I'm just going to leave it there. Samahasi teliboshaki. Shakabahasi how about some of the, the, um, the pastors just come and start to take a hold of some of these garments? We're going to pray such a healing prayer. We're going to see a breakthrough. We just are. Some of the pastors would come, just gather up a few garments each. Shadaba, yadaba, yandalabasi, delevende. 
Let's just gather up a few. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, whoever you are, come on. Sabuhasi limo. You can, you can lie on them, you can grab a hold of them, but there's a couple of hankies out there. I think they're clean. If they've got snot on them, just don't worry about it, really. There's another one out there, Pastor. I wonder if you would mind getting that one. Thank you. Church, we're, we're, we're kind of at Jabbok, you know. We're at a place. We're at a place where we want to break through into new stuff. We want to have new encounters. The old encounter was great, but God's got another one to put on top of that. And we want to see healing. I long to see the church. I long to see a church where there's nobody sick, where there's nobody sick, where there's nobody sick, where there's no cancer, where there's no heart conditions, and people die at 80 or 90 or whatever just because they chose to go home. That's why they died. Hey. Shaka, Masatinde. A church, would you just reach out? We're just praying over these, these garments. Just reach out your hand. Elebo Baba. Oh God. Shaka. Lord, we, we know, we know, we know, we know the power of the encounter. We know the power of your word. Lord, we are not ashamed of you. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Come and move over these garments in your great power. Come and touch them, Lord. Come by the Spirit, Lord, and, and just begin to minister through the hands that are being laid on them. Lord, we, we claim healing in great strength and great anointing. We claim, Lord, for cancers and blood pressure and heart attacks and all sorts of things to be healed, for blood conditions, Lord, for migraine headaches and for diabetes and, and, and so many, many, many conditions, for muscular and spinal problems. In the name of Jesus, we say dissipate now in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, let every garment here be just saturated with the tangibility of the anointing. With the tangibility of the anointing. And let your people be strengthened and encouraged to know. when we've got when, when, there's, when there's a river flowing out of you and there's a river flowing out of you you know when Jesus was transfigured before the people and the, and the scripture says that his, his garments shone like lightning he looked like lightning all that had happened was that what was on the inside of him leaked out into his clothes no wonder that they knew to come and touch the hem of his garment because what was in him kept on coming out, coming out, coming out. And what's in these people comes out. And what's in you comes out, comes out, comes out. Hey, double shende limosata. Hey, libo barate lebeste. 
We are a people of the encounter. We are a people of the encounter. Yada masi devesti. Yada vasindelimush. Hey! May the God of Jacob get upon you. The last encounter was great, but God's going to build on it. May the God who changes you from Jacob to Israel disturb your sleep one night. May you not be able to rest because somebody arrived to wrestle with you. And you're saying, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Well, never mind. It's the Lord. He's come to get you. Basitele. We should, we should come and get your garments because somebody might flog them. I saw a couple of nice jackets there. And I... Yeah, take the one you bought. Don't take the one you're coveting. Hallelujah. But you know what? I, I think we... Why don't we just come and praise and worship? And, and, and if the ministry team Whoever, um, we could just go around and pray for people. Bless them. Just even while they're worshiping and praising God, just go lay hands on them and bless them and encourage them and strengthen them. And, and as you, as someone comes by you and you just worship God, and someone comes by you and just touches you, just receive it. And, and, and my prayer will be, Lord, give them another encounter. Give them another encounter. Stir them up, Lord. Make them sleepless in Seattle. Make them sleepless in Hastings. Make them sleepless, Lord, so that, that they'll have an encounter. And, and, and let's not be ashamed of it or afraid to speak of it. Let's, have, let's get infected and contagious with encountering the living God. Hallelujah. So let's stand. And those of you who would like to come to the front and worship, we'll just begin. Get your clothes.
pastor in a moment. You know, it's a little bit of a mess down here, eh? But you know what? The Holy Ghost hovers over chaos. He hovers over a mess. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void. And darkness and chaos covered the earth and the Holy Ghost hovered over it. He's not scared of our mess. He's not scared of the mess. So just let the Holy Ghost hover as leaders just may come and just touch you and bless you and encourage you tonight that you would have another encounter. Thank you, Pastor.